My name is Dimitri, and I'm a productivity and minimalism enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and ethics enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets philosophy. And what it means to build a better life. Enjoy the show. If you're listening to this, you are not on our private subscriber feed, and you will only be hearing a portion of this episode. If you'd like to listen to the full-length episode, you'll need to go to riseproductive.com membership or sign up on your favorite podcasting app for exclusive access. From there, you'll also get access to our exclusive newsletter, the weekly pour-over, our private members-only Slack community, and any other subscriber-only content. So if you enjoy what we are doing here, please consider becoming a member. And what a day of responsibilities it has been, but no better way to cap it all off than with another episode of the Rise Productive Podcast. You try to be meta with this? I'm just being real oh, with yeah. you. Like oh, I yeah. feel like it, like the the day has finally kind of come to a com- a completion here. This is like a nice little entertainment thing. It's so much better than just sitting in front of the 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 couch or in front of the TV on the couch and just watching. We TV. could be watching course, Dragon Ball right now. If it was Dragon Ball, it'd be a different story. But watch like, Goku. Watching something I'm not even that interested in. It's just like oh, this is what Netflix has. Oh, oh. oh nice. I'm just, I'm just, I'll just watch this, I guess. This is way more fulfilling. It's just a nice, soothing way to end the day, but it's also stimulating. So stimulating. Almost as stimulating as watching a cat eat a bird. That was crazy. Yeah, we. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm watching a cat. It's my, my partner's cat. And uh, by some stroke of bad luck, um, I saw not one door, but two doors were both left open. Cat ran outside. And within like two minutes of being out there, found a bird, brought the bird back in to me and cat thought we were just going to like eat this bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, listen, he gave you wet food. Cause she, I don't think her automatic feeder went off. I had to hit it twice today and it's just like, wait, he came home. He, he was making his own dinner. He stopped me. I'm just, he is in chance. He was making his own dinner. He stopped because you were meowing. Then he goes, ah, oh, dang. Okay, here's some wet food in the meantime. And, and then you get the wet food and then you're like, nah, not good enough. Like you finish eating that and then you're like, you know what? You know what sounds good? A bird. A live bird. Yeah, that wet canned chicken. That That's not good enough for me. I want the real Robin. So she, she ran out there, grabbed the bird and... It was crazy because I heard like a, a bird chirping. It just got louder and louder and louder. And I was like, oh my God, the birds are going crazy outside. And then Dimitri was like, oh no, she has a bird in her mouth. And I was like, who, <laughs> how? <laughs> and so, yeah, that was a fun event that just happened. Um, had to clean up the whole little situation. The bird's still alive though. I don't know if it's going to ever fly again. But I think it's wings. I don't know if it, if she got her the feet or the the legs or the wings. She is currently trying to claw into the room right now. It's pretty entertaining. It's a, it's like this is actually very similar to like all those Pennywise dreams I have, where he's like coming at me and like I try to close the door <laughs> and he's like clawing under the door. Don't freak me out like this, cat. And I have to uh, for for those of you who are unaware, I have a recurring dream where I beat the crap out of Pennywise the clown because he tries to mess with me. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I've beaten them like since twenty was it twenty seventeen that movie dropped, like fall twenty seventeen. It mm-hmm. oh, I've beaten the crap out of them at least twelve times. And there you go. In uh, in, in this world, not your dream world. How how you doing? Meech? Oh, uh, much better than in dream world. Um, 
pretty good. Work was good today. Made some, or I had my leftover quesadilla from yesterday. I was debating on making some more food, but I didn't need more. Had some, I, I'm looking at the food again. I'm like, I got to finish this before I leave. It's like, I, I'm going to leave whatever's here. Um, I'm going to bring it home. Like, what am I going to bring it home for? So you, you right. guys get my leftovers. I mean, congrats. You might get some rice or something. You mm. might you get some olive oil. We get some real olive oil. That's some that's some dank stuff. Uh, and then outside of that, I mean, in the background, I haven't been listening to podcasts that much, except for my new one of my new favorite podcasts is JJ Reddick's podcast. You know, JJ Reddick is. I don't think I do. He's a former NBA player. Uh, he's considered one of the best shooters of all time. He played for, hear it, Magic, Sixers, Clippers. He was the three-point shooter on Lob City back when Chris Paul was on that team. Oh, yeah, okay. The, the dude, he went to Duke. Very white dude. Jeez Louise, she's, I mean, she is not even, she's not even being apologetic. She, she might break this door down. She might. She might. Anyways, JJ Reddick's podcast has been really good. <laughs> uh, so I've been listening to that, and he's just got like these, these people come on that are like former NBA players and he's got great stories and I've been messing with that. Uh, so that's what I'm doing while I'm working, just listen to that kind of stuff. And it's a nice break from the self-helpisms. I still got my daily stoic in and I read my Eric on book, but I've been really vibing with the NBA. I always vibe with it like during the playoff time and, and the post the off season. Cause you know, here's a hot take. The NBA is not entertaining outside of, March through July. Oh, that's not a hard take. There's too many games. Yeah. It's like baseball. Yeah. I don't care about baseball until like summer's over. Yeah, why would you? You shouldn't. So here's here's a crazy thing. There's actually another month where I care about basketball. It's October through mid-November, if not. Actually, no, just Christmas time. Around Christmas time for like a couple weeks. You know why? Because it's Christmas break, you're with your family, and there's nothing else to do. So it's like, oh, I'll watch the basketball games. Yes, and on top of that, it is the statistical, it's the point where statistically speaking, you have figured out standings for the playoffs already. So like, I don't pay attention the first couple weeks because it's like, eh, like, I don't really know yet. And then you watch for a week in Christmas time, it'll quite literally tell you who's going to be in the playoffs with some minor fluctuations for who's going to be like the seventh and eighth seed and newsflash, those teams don't win the championship. So it's like, I don't care until the playoffs come or the off season comes, which like entertaining stuff's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it is pretty fixed. Like once you get like, it's almost like in like high school or college where like after you're through your first year of your like um, GPA, like you're pretty much fixed right there. Like I, after freshman year, I walked away with like a three, five GPA and like, I think I got like two A minuses throughout the next three years, but I only pulled it up to a three, eight. Yeah. So fixed by that first year stats. Yeah. If you have a really bad start or a really great start to the NBA season, you're probably going to be similar to that point. That's just kind of is what it is. Yeah. You can fluctuate, but it's like, you're pretty stuck on that beginning number ranking what have you yeah and unless yeah, unless something crazy happens with injuries it's like yeah no this, this is going to be the and once i figure out who the playoff teams are i'm like all right when's the playoffs yeah exactly so yeah that's me how about you doing pretty good yeah i um what did i do i ran 
had a good little run this morning with the, the bush and then um did a little more meal prepping went to work had a nice long shift and then uh came home and made some banh mi i had like my fourth banh mi sandwich which was going crazy you were, you were so excited about this banh mi dude Dimitri got out my uh, my camcorder and started documenting. I've been documenting, getting into a little bit of a uh, camcorder vlogging, which has been fun. I'm happy to see how like small yeah. little clips, like one of the lads, JC was saying the other day, he was like showing me this little collaboration video he put together from his first semester here. And he was like, none of these videos are actually that good. But like when you put a small piece of each of them together into one big video, like it all looks really good. I'm like, yeah, that's so true. Like, because there's like a couple videos of me in there and like the standalone, I remember those videos are like, meh, mid-tier. Yeah. But like when they are part of this bigger thing, I was like, wow, like these are all like really special moments. That's pretty cool. And so I'm just like capturing a bunch of like mid-tier crap. Like <laughs> me eating that Bon Me sandwich. Oh yeah. Like it probably doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to me right now, but like in the future, who knows, maybe I'll like, be like yeah, that sandwich was really good. Yeah, I did something similar with like my cross-country team in high school and we i got actually joked about uh, not eh, it was like a meme on the team like oh dimitri's logging but then you know they all look back on it now and they go wow because they're like unlisted videos and whatnot and when people they ask to see the vlog they'll like because when i unlisted it's funny when i had them up no one brought it up and then i got multiple texts and dms when i unlisted them saying where the hell are they and I'm like, so you guys like them? They're like, yeah, of course we did. Like we, like looking back on it now, they miss it. Yeah, yeah. It's like the people who pull out like the disposable camera and like take like a, a photo in the moment. I'm kind of like, oh, like really? You're like you're taking a photo right now. But then when they go and get them all printed out or whatever, and you they hand one to you, it's like, wow, this actually is kind of like a little special thing here. I like this. And I like this the nostalgia of like a, a physical like camcorder or like a disposable camera i know it's like trendy and artsy or whatever but like yeah i like it okay <laughs> yeah i like it you don't like just taking your phone out and then doing it and then putting a filter on it to make it look worse no because like with the, the the phone camera like it's too easy you know like they made it too easy like a little bit of inconvenience wouldn't hurt somebody it doesn't make it, it feel important exactly adversity creates fulfillment uh, yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah, always one of my best yeah, takes hot take uh you know what else is a hot take Red pillness. Red pillness. We're going to get into a couple different topics today. I think this is going to be the fifth pillar, not the fifth pillar, but the fifth... Um, thingy magic. <laughs> yeah, the fifth like conversation in the wheel of topics that we go around and round on on this podcast between the four pillars of the respective podcast, obviously, and then the fifth one being the vibe check. This one's going to be the vibe check, low-key inspired by not overthinking, but um, we just had a couple topics that we're going to go through today. We're going to talk about the problem with the red pill, the ills of red pillness. And uh, we're going to talk about how putting more stuff on your plate, more responsibility on your plate can actually create fulfillment rather than more stress. Yes. So we're just going to, we're going to dive into a couple of topics here today. We're going to pop it off a little enthusiast quote of the week that will become more relevant in the second topic more than the first, but um, comes from Oliver Berkman goes quote, missing out is what makes our choices meaningful in the first place. Yeah, and he's the guy who's, who is the author of 4,000 Weeks, which we'll be reviewing in a few weeks. Lol, that was a weird sentence. Uh, I like this. I think it is true. The longing for something is what provides its meaning. If 
it's it's such an intu that's such an intuitive sentence but it is lost on our general day-to-day understanding of its existence tweet that podcast sean tweet that podcast sean it's like um yeah and we can get more into this later but the the initial thought i had about it is like stuff like fomo which you kind of gets into in this part of the book but it's like you're always missing out on something else it's like you're i don't know hanging out with your partner and you're missing out on i don't know cooking another meal for yourself or hanging out with the boys or i don't know reading a book and it's like the thing you are doing over all the things that you're not doing, like you're basically saying that like what you are doing is more valuable than all the things that you're not doing combined. It's like when you think about that, that makes you really present and like it's a pretty cool thing when you think about like someone who takes time out of their life for you. It's like you should really reciprocate that back because they picked you over literally anything. They could be doing anything. Yeah. Time is our most valuable resource. It's the only thing we can't get back and that is fair. Yeah, in in circumstances where people's time is under their own free will, and most of the time when you get out of being a child, that is kind of the case, whether we want to admit that to ourselves or not. Um, it is slept on how absolutely important each moment is, and that's why when people are on their phone when they're like around their friends and stuff for more than a couple seconds at a time, I'm like, ah, come on. Yeah, exactly. It's like. You made a prior commitment for this to be the most important thing at this moment, like of, of this time window of your life. But now you're kind of like half aing it where it's like, you know, like you, you're one foot in, like you really like do want to be having this be the most important thing. But it's also like, eh, my, my friends on my phone are also really important or like Twitter, yeah. whatever. When someone's scrolling through Twitter or Instagram, you want to get meta about it. They're valuing the phone more than their your friendship. Oh. I mean, it's not that grave. That's pretty deep. It's not that grave of a and dire of a situation every time. It's not like you you throw your friendship out the window, but it's a deposit that you're choosing to not make at the friendship bank. True, true. Yeah, you know, you don't have to be too hurt about that but well, i mean you know who is hurt oh yeah you know who else is hurt? you know who's hard about some <laughs> andrew tate's hard about red pillness jesus christ so i i have recently just had experience with the red pill world whether it be the red pill slash black pilledness that is the damaged men podcast by captain sidbad aka nick kill sandy is that his last name shandy yeah i don't remember nick kill yeah nick kill. um and the Whatever mammoth, mammoth, in, mammoth space. in space. Um, man, this I've also gotten some Andrew Tate videos um, recommended to me on YouTube recently because I said the word Andrew Tate out loud. I I work in an industry that is fully aware of the fact that there's like a you know like a, you talk and Google and YouTube hears you, so I know that's how you got on my shorts feed. Um, because I said Andrew Tate out loud. <laughs> And a friend of mine texted yeah. me Andrew Tate and then magically I started getting Andrew Tate recommended to me on YouTube. Well, you said something about it yesterday on the podcast. Yeah, you and said it starts getting Andrew recommended Tate. on my phone. Yeah, um, yeah, totally mm. not. I know what you're doing, Google. I know what you're doing. Um, Man, the red pill stuff is starting to get concerning because, all right, to all the red pill fanboys out there just who are going to dislike what I'm going to say, let me... 
let me let me just hard hedge like this. Parts of what it says about trying to increase your value as a male is not the worst thing on the planet. Um, part of it's people do need to stop being betas from like a their own life standpoint. They need a more growth mindset. Like they need to stop being like so uh, blue pilled about their own growth capabilities. But when it comes to the sexual market value crap, uh, how's this? No. Yeah, and like taking a step back here, I think it'd be good yeah, to sure. okay. generally okay. explain the red pill community a little bit. So for a long time, what I understood the red pill thing to be was like, well, is it obviously the the etymology comes from the Matrix movie yeah. where you pick the red pill or the blue pill whoever Morpheus or whoever like says like take one of the pills and the red pill in this community is like seeing that I don't know men are superior or like blaming women for stuff basically like seeing that like a lot of the ills in your life or the fact that you're hung up on women yeah or some kind of sexual desire and that you need to be focusing on yourself which focusing on yourself is fine and for a long time the red pill community kind of just like sat in its own corner like throughout high school, like this wasn't anything that like ever came onto my plate because I never sought it out. And so it just never reached me. Like I knew that there were communities on Reddit and stuff like that, but I was like, yeah, it's just like kind of a joke. Like it's just like a small little thing, not a big deal. But recently it's just become bigger and bigger in the self-help space. And I think that it doesn't surprise me that it got here because it's not far fetch from like some of the good self-help content that's out there. It's like a lot of the content that you see is like, like even like Kevin Sinbad, man, before he went all red pill, he was like, he had those like four lessons from his, like, um, like the four stages of life from like his Indian upbringing yeah. mm-hmm. where it's like in the one stage of your life till you're like 25, 26, like don't have a love interest, don't get married, all that. Good. Like don't have a love interest, just focus on yourself. Like that is like good self-help content. If you're someone who needs that, like a lot of people just need to focus on themselves and like not be dependent upon others, like figure yourself out and then go on and do that. But it's just like a a step in the wrong direction. It's just a step too far, but that's how we get here with the red pill stuff is like the red pillars who are now some of the like self-help red pillars, unfortunately, are like focus on yourself because F women. Well, like, yeah, yeah, well, the, the reason, so the definition of red pill from a slang term is red pill is essentially, is especially used among anti-feminist groups to refer to the waking up to the truth that women in liberal politics are oppressing men and white people. So that is like you're being awoke, you're you're waking up to the to the reality of it. And if you're blue-pilled, you're like one of the, the beta idiots who... Uh, don't understand that like you're being oppressed and like the whole world that we live in is catered around women and and you're not you're not awake to that fact and i'm just like geez louise man to a certain extent there are some truths to the fact that men are not trying to improve their own value as a person there are various situations where i feel like the modern movements of feminism have been amazing. I think a lot of modern feminism from a definitional standpoint has been amazing. Um, but there are some men who seem to have lacked the 
confidence that they maybe once had. Um, this could be due to porn addiction. This can be due to playing video games instead of working out and getting in shape. You know, some of the isms of the red pill community, like bits and pieces make sense. Like work out, make more money, stop playing as much video games, get off porn. Like all these things out of context sound good. But in the aggregate, like for example, when you were talking about the four stages of life, what immediately came to mind was instead of the reason being to grow as a person until you're 25 or 26, from the red pill side of things, they're telling you to do it so that you can increase your sexual market value before you try to slay. Yeah, exactly. Like I always like this is like the ends to the means thing. Like I always been doing this on the podcast now, but like there's like the one episode of the Damage Man podcast, which is the podcast from Captain Sinbad slash Nikhil and Mammoth in Space, which absolutely flopped because after ten episodes they stopped making episodes. <laughs> Because this podcast went from like entertaining, like kind of edgy stuff about like manning up to just like red pill, like trash. And I don't miss this podcast, unfortunately. Sorry, Nikhil. Sorry, anyone who likes Kevin Sinbad. I like Kevin Sinbad, but man, the podcast, it just lost its appeal to me so quickly. And it was because that it really started with good intentions. Like a lot of these things do like there's this one episode that I thought was great. It was like any man can go from a one to a 10. And he talks about all these things about how you can like up your status. A lot of people don't feel fulfilled because they don't have anything on their plate. It's like gain more responsibilities, like get a job, like do things that make you feel like you have a meaning in this world or like even like upgrade your fuck your fashion. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. Do more things that are going to make you a more interesting person. Read books, like upgrade your personality. But it's like, that's fine. Do it for the sake of doing it. But then the red pill lover says like, no, 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 don't do it for the sake of doing it. Do it so that you can get that like optimized woman, like be the one who controls the woman. Listen, if you're in a world where there's a sexual market value and you're at a four, how are you ever going to expect to get anything above a four as a woman? And even more than that, it's like these guys are just being so ridiculous. So here's a perfect example of what you're talking about with the podcast. First of all, it was called the Becoming the Killer podcast. And if you knew, or if you were a fly on the wall, if you're a wallflower, when Chance and I first watched this podcast, we loved it for four or five episodes. We were talking about this and waiting for this to drop every week. And then the second they changed the name to the Damage Man podcast, they had an episode that memed on it, and then they did change the name. And then I could read you the titles of some of these damn episodes right so young men aren't attractive to women was it the first episode and that was great points about you know hey if you're young women aren't gonna really that it be that into you because you're just too young okay and that had a lot of interesting advice about like professionalism and like ages exactly. too where it's like if you are 23 versus 21 you should find a lot of confidence in that because whether you have more skills or knowledge or not People are going to trust you more. Like I've even seen it at the bike shop. Now that I'm like 23 and working at the bike shop versus like 20 year old me who started this bike shop, a lot more people put trust in me just because I'm older. And like when this first episode of the podcast came out, I was like, yeah, good advice. Good advice. And then we got most modern men are weak and lazy just kind of points out the fact that, yeah, um, that title is, is kind of 
true. And I think sometimes people need to get called out on their ass. And I don't think all modern men are weak and lazy, but they, they bring up some points. Then turn sexual energy into raw power is about no fab. They had like two or three episodes in a row about no fab that were kind of hilarious. Uh, and then it all goes downhill for this, for the episodes of law of attraction. YouTubers are stupid. Dating apps only work for high status men. The best way to looks max is the, the both the episode I think you and I stopped watching at. Yeah, I listened to the looks max, and we one just both and went over like, dude, this is this is ridiculous. I'm done. Like they're getting into the politics of the red pill community, saying that like, oh, this is bad red pill, but like I'm good red pill. It's like no. <laughs> I'm sorry, but a, a red pillar is a red pillar. And like in my eyes, that's just, it's just not it. And I think even earlier on, like there were like those undertones of like the sexual stuff. Like there's like some of those early episodes, like, like, I don't know, young men are weak. It's like, why can't you just say young people are weak? Like, or like young people are lazy. Like, well, why do you got to like sexualize and make it about like men versus women, even from the start? But I was like, okay, like it's still kind of funny. Like, yeah, he just said, yeah. like, you know, it was like, like his red pillness was like a little quirk. Yeah. But then when it becomes the whole personality, I was like, okay. When you're talking about optimizing your looks, the the looks max thing is just like a whole episode on how to optimize your looks to be the most attractive guy possible and how the whole black pill theory is even more so that you're going to be capped out looks wise. Right? Yeah. It's a very uh, fatalistic and even nihilistic look on like the, the red pill situation where it's like, oh, you're under six foot. The highest you can ever get is a five. And that's just so weird. Cause like, why does that matter? It's like, what is the end game of this red pill ism? Right. What, what's your goal? Your goal is to get like an eight or a nine woman. It's not only to get an eight or a nine woman, but one who will like, you're basically like trying to brainwash somebody into like being your inferior, like being so good that they can't ignore you. Yeah. And like, here's, here's an Andrew Tateism that, that was that popped up on my feed yesterday. I was like, listen, people ask me all the time. If I had a wife or a girlfriend, would I let her have an OnlyFans? And my response is always this. Yeah, she can have an OnlyFans, but I'd get 80% of her revenue because that's my product. I'm like, what the? F-? I just like, I just went, What? Excuse, Excuse me? me, your product? Jesus Christ! Nineteen oh five wants its uh, wants its vibe check back. Uh, no, not your product, your yeah. wife or your girlfriend. Even less so your theoretical product in this scenario, because I mean, like you're not even married, Jesus. Um, and with that said, I think it would be an interesting point in this whole red pill argument is the inherent assumptions made about the sexual market value for men versus women. These two charts are glaring. I'm going to read the male one first. You can read the female one. and You'll have fun with that one. Okay. So like as a pie chart, okay. Sexual market value is made up of these components for men. 10% of its age. Okay, sure. Status, 23%. Arguable. Personality, 18%. Game, 7%. 7%. Don't really know the difference between that and personality if we're going to make this so overly sexualized. Resources, i.e. money, 27%. Looks, 15%. Overall, you can critique this, but it has a decently balanced, um, it has more of a balanced approach than the next pie chart chance is going to read. Yeah, next pie chart is for women here. 
80% for looks. Looks is at 80%. <laughs> a whopping piece of the chart. And just straight up sexist. It, it just keeps going. Keep going. Uh, read the... Uh, keep up. The next biggest part is age, taking up 8%. We now have 12% left. Status, 1%. Personality, 2%. Game, 9%. And resources, i.e. money, assets, income, 0%. Zero. You don't matter. Like, what you make doesn't matter. Be- what, you na- what you make doesn't matter because to Andrew Tate, you are the property. I don't get this crap, man. I don't get it at all. Like, okay. The only thing I can think of here is like, if you look at the male chart and let's say like, let's wipe away these male, female categorizations here and just say like, okay, status, personality, resources. Those three things, I mean, game, sure, in your control, but age looks not in your control. And if you want to talk about status, personality, and resources, you can somehow tie this to like personal finance, personality being like mindset slash philosophy, like status. I mean, it's not entirely correlated to productivity, but optimizing your situation, whether it be privileged or underprivileged. It's like, yeah, like there's some good stuff here, but then like you like just sexualize it so hard and it's like, There are things that are just entirely outside of your control, like age or like looks where it's like, oh, if like if your looks are a four and that's 15% of it, then like your max is only like, I don't know. There's some number there if you did the math on like 15% (laughs) of four, but like I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It it cuts your ceiling way low and it's like, okay, this, this is just, it's not conducive to any kind of growth mindset or good lifestyle. And what ends up happening is that when you look at this chart and realize how fatalistic it is, people don't take an inward look at like, oh, like, man, like, I'm so sad. Like, this is how I am. Like, darn, if only I was more beautiful. It's like, no, it always creates resentment for someone else because that is what these systems of thought do. And that resentment immediately goes outward back to women. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. The resentment immediately is, why do women appreciate guys who are six foot or guys who have like a, I don't know, nice jawline, like screw them. I have a round face and I'm five foot five, like screw women for not liking me. It's never, Oh, what was me? Let me fix myself because you can't fix yourself in this situation. And I don't feel like there should be a need to fix yourself in the situation, but this kind of calls for it to have a resentment factor to it because you can't uh, without, you know, extensive amounts of plastic surgery and leg extensions. Um, <laughs> and, and what even bothers me more is like, why is this graph not even close to equal? I'm not actually asking for it to be, to be equal because I think of pointing out the differences between men and women is not a bad thing. I think equality from a societal standpoint is awesome, but I think pointing out that there may are, there, there is slight tendency differences from a personality trait why look at gender is not the worst thing on the planet. I'm not going to try to generalize too much here, but there are gender traits to a certain extent, not gender roles, but men probably have a higher libido in general. So theoretically the market value could skew here a little bit more towards the looks for the women. Theoretically, 
However, man, you're just making us out to be horn dogs. Like everyone, all of us. Like, I, okay, let me, let me just, I have dated many, I have dated a, I, I am at low double digits, okay? I'll tell you what, the resources matter to a certain extent because the fact that a couple of them had like six figures of college debt did affect me at some point. Actually, yeah, it did affect like, me in a big way at some point. Resources matter. Personality, 2%. Like, so you basically just don't care what her personality what? is. Like, of course I do. Like, I'm not going to watch... I'm not going to spend that much time with someone who's miserable if they're hot. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I told you this the other day, and this actually disproves this chart completely. What did, what did I tell you? This is, it's like if, if their look, for me at least, because of my preferences as a, as a dude in my specific circumstance, if they're like a 9 or a 10, it's like someone tells me at a party to like hit on a 9 or a 10, looks-wise, I'll, I'll literally just be like, no, nah, I'll wait it out. And they'll be like, why? Like, she's hot. And I'm like, at some point during the party, not trying to generalize here, but there will be something that she'll do to, like, trigger me to be like, nah. And then, they'll, then they'll, like, start smoking or something. And that's, like, a huge trigger for me. Which is part... Yeah. What is this? Per, is that personality? Yeah, probably yeah, personality. Yeah, and it's like, it doesn't have to be that forever. But for me, that's a big trigger. So it's like, yeah, I think it matters more than 2%. Because guess what? That's literally a in my no-go zone. Yeah, exactly. Two percent just overrode the, the fact that she's a nine. I'm like, nah, no. Yeah, she smokes. Like, yeah. and that's not every nine or ten or whatever. But I do take that personality percentage way higher because I'm just not going to mess with it. And like the, the the fact that there's such a difference between these graphs is just so sad because, and I I think this is part of the reason that, like, aside from the fact that like there is like build yourself up like self-help stuff here. I think the part of the reason the red help, the red pill community is seeping into self-help, the red help. Oh God. (laughs) I think part of the reason that red pill is getting into self-help is because there's just not enough women in self-help. Yeah. Okay. We can make that. We can make this conversation point. Uh, I I believe that the only place I have seen self-help have women is actually the minimalism space more recently there's really not a big quantity of them in the fit uh, and in fitness um for fitness slash health and wellness from like a yoga perspective um yoga meditation perspective outside of that though really you don't see a lot of personal finance ones there have been more recently which is good but it is primarily a male dominated space I think part of that is because I'm not exactly sure. I'm pretty sure that YouTube is pretty oh, skewed towards males, though. Yeah, it's like this. Like the main platform that a lot of self help stuff is on is YouTube, which is just like inherently like way more male dominated. Yep. Yep. And so like that's gonna skew like uh, uh, I don't know something like self help that only reaches out via YouTube. So it's good that like the the space is increasing, but it's like a part of the reason that this stuff even flies is because. There's like no, really no women in this if space. If the algorithm, if if the quantity of users of YouTube was more skewed towards women, Red Pill would never take off from an algorithm standpoint. It would die. Well, I mean, it would be dead on arrival yeah, every it, time. Yeah, it would stay in its own little bubble. And as soon as Kevin Sinbad seeps in some Red Pill into his self-help stuff, it would just it would get no likes. It'd have so many dislikes that he would immediately realize that he needs to 180 on what he's doing. There'd be no Humza. Oh man, yeah. Hamza is a perfect example of a cool YouTuber gone like 
over the top recently with the red pillisms and and he has made the admittance that he is trying to like there's different stages of actualization that people are reaching people uh on the self-help space right and hums is trying to reach people at like the lowest part of it like teens who are really insecure that's who he's trying to reach and he's trying to get them to level up through these red pillisms and then get them to a more enlightened like i don't want to say matt diavola but like that's more mature self-help than you know, like Tim Ferriss is more mature self-help than, than, uh, the whole black pill, like get crazy in shape. So you can, or right. red pill, so you can increase your sexual market value and then they'll get competent. And then I can give them like real tangible self-help tips. It's like, I don't know if I fully prescribe to that. I appreciate the sentiment sort of, cause you're getting a bunch of kids who are like not happy with themselves to at least get to a decent place. Happiness wise. But to a certain point, it's like, are we just perpetuating something that's like kind of ruining a lot of feminist progress slash perpetuating things like she is my property? And kind of perpetuating this whole like porn slash sex kind of mental epidemic that's been that's happening, especially amongst teens, because I kind of like I almost like the idea of like. I, I like this little hierarchy of like different self-help guys where it's like at first you have like a Hamza where it's like, Oh yeah. Just like get in shape, like do this with yourself. Like, yeah. Like in high school, that's probably a good thing to hear. Even for some people who are on like, I don't know, college or full on adults who are like in the early part of their self-help career. It's one of the best things you can do to start is like, just yeah, take feel control good of like physical the small self, physical yeah. things. Yeah. It's like make your bed, like make your room presentable, like cook for yourself, work out. And it's like, yeah, I mean, like the ends probably shouldn't be women, but like that. I mean, truth is, it, it it motivates some people, and I think that's really bad. It kind of peddles the wrong agenda. But I can see how like that is like a good illustration of what's happening. Well, are you growing weeds? Are you growing? Are you planting seeds for for flowers or weeds? Remember the whole um, think like a monk, uh, Jay Shittyism. Yeah, I think yeah I kind of it's do. it's like, are you doing the workout to make yourself feel more fulfilled as a human being and more in shape to do it for yourself? Or are you doing it to spite someone? Like, are you opening up a spite store? <laughs> or you open up a beauty store? A yeah, it's like, are you store. opening up the, the deli to, to like screw the other deli across the street? Or you'd open it up because you want to open up a deli. Right. No, it's not. I, I think doing it for that reason is is starting the foundation of that growth cycle, though, with, with weeds. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. You're saying that the weeds will never turn yeah, into I mean, flowers. What do you, what do you, you, you see? magically turn into a flower. I mean, you got to yank them out. You got to regrow. Mm-hmm. Replant the tree. Like, that's what you're going to have to do from a, a larger macro standpoint, I, I personally think, because here's a perfect example. I'm not going to call anybody out, but I know somebody who had a situation and he's big into the red pill community right now. And it's, it's scary because if somebody can tell me 100% that they think this reaction to what happened made sense, email hello at riseproductor.com. Convince <laughs> me of your logic and I will try to give it an honest shot. But okay, man, Text girl before their date, like the day before. Girl doesn't respond for like four or five hours. Okay. 
due to Andrew, Andrew Tate slash Hamza-ism claiming that, you know, girls are always on their phone. So if they're not responding to you, they're ignoring you. He takes this logic and then blocks her because he ain't a beta. What the, wh- where does that make any sense? So she's always on her phone. She needs to, you need to be the absolute most important thing in that five hours. What, what if she was with the family, her family? It was like a Sunday, Friday or something or Saturday or something like that. I've been in a situation where I've been told, get the hell off your phone during this family get together. Is anyone else not? Am I missing something? Is that, don't, don't people work? <laughs> yeah. And I think like, fine. Like it's good to realize when people are like not into you and like being able to cut things off. Cause I think there's a lot of people who sure. yeah. try too hard, get too clingy, things like that. But this is just too far, man. Like, people have lives outside of their phones and like just to say like and this is exactly the point i'm getting at is like the red pill community vilifies women into being like these machines who are just out to get men it's like they're always playing a game well hear me it's like oh let me make this pie chart and like give myself a score because i have to upgrade myself to beat the boss who is like playing this game against me it's like no look women are not these like they're not playing games with you all the time they're just they're people with lives just like you. And it's like, if they're not on their phone for three, four five hours, <laughs> don't take it so personal. Don't be so egocentric. And the problem with this is the person's actually very into self-helps, read digital minimalisms, read this, read that, implemented some of the stuff in his life, talked about how he's decreased his screen time. And I'm like, wait a second, wait. So all that stuff matters for you. But in her circumstance, you're working to the assumption that you so you were trying to date somebody who wasn't trying to, you know, get off their phone more. You, th- this is the thing that you have centralized your life around for a while because you're really into self-help and you're out here trying to date someone who's not into that. Do you think that meshes at all? Oh, wait, let me look at this. This graph personality is 2%. I'm wrong. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, now, now he cares about it's the so personality. Stupid, that's so stupid, man. That's so interesting. Yeah, man, I don't know. I just don't. I like, and I almost hesitated on even talking about this on the podcast because it's just like, it almost like, I think for me, sometimes it just feels best to neglect things, put my hand, head in the sand about <laughs> things. But yeah, I think that uh, I've recently been called out about that by some people as like a, a negative quality of mine where it's like, Chance, if there's a bad situation... You need to get like you need to confront it a little more head on, and so I'm glad that we're talking about this because there's a lot of, I mean not a lot, but there's self help YouTubers and self help gurus in the self help community space who are perpetuating the red pill stuff, and I think that there needs to be a voice of reason for those who maybe are exposed or aren't even exposed to it, and I hope that this is a first um, impression for some of you and uh hopefully so much a negative one that you're not even uh, <laughs> interested in looking at and it. before I, we segue into the next thing just the last thing i'll say is i think i'm at the point where we i'm just saying our s doesn't stink but i don't think we have any like crazy crazy outlandish takes about many things to the point where we're really trying to do anything say anything rude trying to marginalize marginalize anybody trying to discriminate against any group of people so I kind of just don't like in this circumstance, I kind of just don't care if I piss off red pill people. No, I just, no, I, I, don't. I, don't, I don't give a crap. 
No, like I hope you're yeah. right. <laughs> okay, you're going farther <laughs> than me, but yeah. I mean, I kind of, I, I don't, oh, I don't, I, I'm like, I'm not going to be upset. If somebody gets mad at this, I'm going to be like, all right, like whatever. If there's anyone I know who subscribes to this chart where it's like, yeah, looks are 80% of what I care about in a woman. All right, buddy. Well, I don't know. I just, okay. Sorry, but I just like, I, I honestly, I don't know if I'm mad about you or feel just bad for you. I think I just feel bad. such a lack of connection between two people if that's your chart. Could you imagine yeah. with your partner right now if like that's where you went with like the whole? Yeah. Imagine if I only like cared about her personality 2%. It's like, so basically whenever we talk, I just want to hear myself talk because my personality matters so much and your personality just doesn't matter. So just, just laugh at my jokes. Just listen to me talk the whole time. <laughs> let me tell you what. what? Let me tell you the modern, modern women and the way that they have taken control over their lives uh, in comparison to what they they were subjected to prior. <laughs> let me tell you something. They don't want to hear you talk all the damn time. <laughs> 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 that doesn't fly, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I'd rather, I rather them talk. They're far more interesting. Yeah, I mean, they have, they have... <laughs> They have more to say than a lot of dumb menisms anyways at times. And sorry for the, for being blue pilled in, in that sentence. I know that was just so sad of me. Um, let's segue into the next topic that came to mind in our little vibe check here. Responsibility equals fulfillment. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like the more responsibility I give myself, the more I just kind of like little pats on my own back, little, Dude, here's a perfect example. The other day, I was just sitting down the living room. No one was around to talk. Actually, no, even worse than that. It was the, it was the infamous uh, baseball night. Um, yeah, oh, nice. when I just felt that the room was being completely unfulfilled by the like lack of responsibility or even show that we were all intentionally watching. It was just, there was a game on. One guy was on his phone. Another guy was on his phone. I'm sitting there staring. The only one actually like looking at the television, by the way. This yeah. is something that doesn't get brought up in this conversation, in that whole conversation that out of context. Yeah. I was the yeah, only yeah. one that was actually watching the television, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, man, there is like so much lack of intentionality in this room and like urgency to do anything that I am like un- uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. It makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm like, dude, okay. what are we doing in this room right now? That's what I was saying at the start of this podcast is like, I much rather be here doing this podcast than watching some show that I kind of like, kind of care about, but like it mostly just doesn't fulfill me. And it's like just something that kind of fills the time between work and bed. I I'm really getting to the point where I actually, it's hard for me to view YouTube as work because I do have so much fulfillment while doing it. And my lack of mourning doing it, it's starting to get me like back to work on this laptop and doing small things. Like I revamped my whole website today because like I've been feeling this. Oh my God. This morning I didn't do anything before work. Like dude, people just don't do anything for like the hour and a half before they go to work. When they wake up, people sleep the hour and a half before work. <laughs> I'm, I'm shook. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely insane. Like, okay. It's like, that's a part of me that looks forward to the adult world because I mean, it's kind of how it's been this summer for me is like, I'm not saying you just have a blank slate of things yeah, to yeah. do, but like I go to work, like I've, I've done like the work thing. Like I do like about 30 hours a week and it's like, okay, I could imagine adding 10 hours more in the week. Like that would look like one or two more days of work. 
it'd probably just be one more day of work and then going in a little bit earlier every day, which wouldn't be that hard if I wasn't running. And then it's like, okay, what are the other things I have to do in my life? I have to eat. I have to go to sleep. It's like, it's crazy how like little responsibilities people have and yet they get so stressed. And so like, I, I, I truly do think it is the inverse. I think people at my job and like at other jobs, a lot of people in the adult working world look at like adding more responsibilities, like having a YouTube channel, having a partner, having a big time commitment, like training for a marathon, running, or just being active. They see that as adding more stress to your plate. But it's like, no, like you just, by adding responsibility, you actually are making yourself more fulfilled because you know that every moment, not every moment, but most moments of your time are being spent in an intentional manner. Like one of the things that like I've really enjoyed in the past couple of weeks is having this cat outside of it trying to murder a baby bird and bring it into the apartment as a little snack. It's been nice. Like every day, like this summer, I don't have a ton of things to do. And so adding things to my plate, like having the cat where it's like, okay, I have to clean the litter box, feed it, water all that stuff kind of generally clean up the apartment so that the cats aren't rolling around in dirt. It's like, this is good just to like have those small downtimes where it's like, okay, let me do something. that's going to be like responsible and like kind of fulfilling here rather than just sitting on my phone because that's what just creates more stress. It's like, wow, what did I just do with the last 15 minutes of my time? Nothing that I will remember when my life is over. Yeah, very true. And I think that that's very nice of me to hear as somebody who, makes content with you and sees that there is like it sees that there is a content calendar we have to keep up and always like oh does he really want to be doing this is this like is this how he wants to spend his time see like would he rather be like watching something you know like that those thoughts go through go through one's head when it's what's when it's your baby that you're like still allowing somebody in the fold in and and it's become more and so your own thing and you've proven that you've really enjoyed the writing and everything um, so that, that is even nicer to hear that this is like even where your head goes about this. Cause it's, it's going to, there's going to be a point where I'm going to have to hire more people too and, and not actually pay you. And then it'll be like, yeah, sure. Money's happening. So people are going to do it. Right. But for now it's like, eh, does he really want to be doing this? So it is nice to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like, it's just like, what else would I be doing with my time? Like, sure, like things are going to get added on with law school. You would and be surprised how people would respond in this circumstance. Yeah, it's like, oh, I just need time to relax. It's like, I need time for me. Well, it's like, well, guess what? That time that is quote unquote for you, me time, it actually turns out most of the time, me time turns into time that you're selling either to companies who make entertainment or companies that are like on social media and have ads. You're giving your time away to other people for a menial laugh or a small amount of entertainment. Whereas like me just sitting down and writing out some scripts for the podcast and writing some stuff. I'm working on my writing skills and working on my speaking skills. I feel way more fulfilled by that. And not only that, I like, I always have all these epiphanies where it's like, yeah, like I, I feel like I'm gaining a, a moral value system here just from like thinking about these things yeah and man, that, that could be helping with your um tackling issues on uh, lack of doing that thing that you were mentioning like a couple minutes ago 
What did you okay, just say? Okay, see, this is the problem when I try to articulate myself and I really like fail in the beginning and I try to salvage it rather than describing the sentence. Okay. Okay. So earlier in the podcast, you mentioned, you know, Chance, sometimes you need to tackle things head on more from uh, pointing out their problems rather than burying your head in the sand about it. And I feel like you could be getting some internal enlightenment about some issues that you could want to tackle through the creation of content. Yes. Oh, for sure. Okay, that was much better articulated. Jesus Christ. There's so many it's and yeah. there's so many like pronouns used in that last so example. Pronouns. Jeez Louise. Yeah, and it's like like another thing that you and I both have been enjoying recently as a kind of a, a responsibility but also a fulfillment is meal prepping. Like it's something that I told myself I wanted to use some of my free time this summer to get really good at and I'm on my way to having about 10 recipes that I know off the top of my head that I thoroughly enjoy, like would be happy to eat even if I was like scarfing down food just for like the sake of like eating, not because I'm really like hungry, but like I just need it for like running or what have you. I've gotten to the place where like I have a lot of these meals and not only that, I know how to make enough to where I can make enough food for like a couple days. Like I put myself on this schedule intentionally for working at the bike shop where I work two days and I take a day off two days and I take two days off so that I can go to the grocery store, buy food, make the food. And I have food for that night and the following two days of work. It's like, yeah, in the real world and like with law school, it'll be a little different, but it's like, I'm practicing the skill, putting more responsibility on my plate of like keeping myself accountable for this. And I haven't slipped on it rather than filling my time with, I don't know, mindless scrolling or something like that. Like by adding something new onto my plate, which is, it's not even like a big responsibility. It's just like a kind of a commitment I kind of made to myself. It's like, it's turned out to just be a really fulfilling kind of challenge for me. And like, I know it's going to be a lifelong skill. It's like in this past week, I learned how to make some pretty freaking good pad time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And bond me. First go at bond me and it was, it was good. good. Uh, you were you were you were you were doing one bite everyone was the rules during that thing. I've been chowing on some good food and it's like Yeah, like did it take a lot of time the past couple of days for me to do that? Yeah. Could I have just like bought some pizzas or like I don't know, gone out and bought pad thai from one of the million Thai places that are within a mile radius of this apartment? Sure. But what does that do for me? Versus meal prepping, learning how to do this, and creating that skill that is going to last me a lifetime. Lifetime's worth of money and better calories in my body because I'm cooking versus eating out, which is just like always better. It's like I've just done so much good for myself. You know, I'm glad to hear that. I feel like the fulfillment that one gets from cooking is underrated if one doesn't do it uh, because they, they're unaware of what you can get out of it. You know, hot take, but man, breakfast and lunch, especially if you, you kind of avoid meat out of your diet and go with like colder foods, you can meal prep like so many days in a row of uh, breakfast and lunch without even trying, man. And it can be healthy. I would say that I eat decently healthy, um, especially since being here. I think I've had a lot of pretty simple breakfasts and lunches, like been shakes that are filled with fruit and spinach, oatmeal that's pretty much just like protein, cinnamon, 
hemp milk or coconut milk or sorry almond milk I mean and then there's yogurt whole whole Greek yogurt by the way never go with low fat yogurt I don't know if people are aware of this but that's just actually worse for you um are you aware of that yeah don't no. go for the low fat that's stupid um it's, it's like an, it's the artificial version of it why would you don't do that uh, it's like why you don't go for yeah, the diet coke um it's like what are they extracting really let's say fat is just low fat's a buzzword that means nothing especially since you need fat since you run um then with the low fat yogurt low granola low fruit little cinnamon little uh little peanut butter sometimes in little protein you just gotta mix in some cold things and you can really get a nice balance of meals that are healthy easily i, I get that meal prep done really quickly and it's it's so nice to have multiple days of food done in like 20 minutes from a breakfast and lunch standpoint yeah it's so fulfilling and like it's almost a, a, bit, a bit of a status move. Like just being able to say that you like make healthy food. I was actually sitting up last night thinking about the, the Ali Abdel take that everything is a status move. And like, it, it's low key true. Because like, I bring food to work and I'm probably the only person who doesn't spend money consistently eating out for lunch. Which is so sad. Uh, I don't want to make a judgment on bike shops here, but eh, sort of surprised, not surprised. No, it entirely checks out with like all the consumer okay. habits of the people that yeah. work at the shop. And I like the people. I think they're all really smart people, but I am not surprised by their consumer habits because we work at a consumer shop. It's just like, it's the culture. And I'm one of the only people that's sitting downstairs using this microwave. Like sometimes I got to like plug it in and like hit the top of this thing. I'm like, this thing has been turned <laughs> on in ages. But I'm sitting down there heating up food almost every day and it's like such a flex to come back from lunch break and it's like yeah I just had like some pad thai that I made at home it was really good and people were like oh yeah I had like pizza or I had like a sandwich from like across the street and I'm like yeah I just don't care like that's bro, just not interesting to me okay hot take bro what is the point of buying a cold sandwich no it's not it shouldn't yeah, this like should Jimmy be John's? hot take cold take why the hell do people cold buy tea. cold sandwiches from places? Yeah, I mean, that's, that was always my harp on Jimmy John's. It's like, you, y'all are so lazy, you can't even put it in the little little fun little oven and heat it up for me. Melt that cheese yeah, for me yeah, a little yeah. bit. Let's, let's be real. Jimmy John's, okay, kind of tastes, their, their ingredients are pretty solid, so it's nothing like it tastes bad, but if you make a homemade cold sandwich, it's going to taste as good as Jimmy John's. No, I mean, all food like that you're just paying for convenience anything that's like not like a sit down quality restaurant you're just paying for the convenience like chipotle like you could pull anyone could pull together rice beans some fajitas some salsa and some cheese lettuce on a tortilla you could buy all that at target and put it together in 30 minutes or less i promise you could do that but you're not paying for the food. You're not paying for the quality of the food. You're like, mm, yum, yum, yum. Like, this mm, chicken yum, is yum, so yum. good. You're paying for the convenience. And adding that responsibility to a lot of people just seems like a, an additional stress. But here's my thing that's actually funny to think about. I know meal delivery has changed this. But when it comes to the convenience, 
how much more are we really talking from a cold sandwich perspective? We should call this the cold sandwich principle. Like, bro, how long does it take you to slap mayo, ham, lettuce, cheese, on a da- and tomato on a damn sandwich? How long does it take? But that's not what takes long. What takes long is thinking ahead, going to the grocery store, being intentional at the grocery store, and like actually planning out the meal plan. And that's why I think meal prepping itself, like separate from cooking, because it's like next elevated level of like intentionality. It's like, yeah, you can cook a really good meal for yourself. Anyone can do that on an off, like one off thing, but it's not sustainable if you're just like eating out of Popeye six days a week. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to get my life together and I'm going to cook myself like a, a big healthy meal at home. You make a big thing of quinoa and kale and chickpeas. And it's like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. It's like, no, it, it, it's more sustainable when it's like, okay, I'm going to make enough food to put on my bowl, like on my plate for myself tonight and fill three Tupperware containers, which will then serve me for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's like, that is what is sustainable. So, it just blows my mind though, man. Like with the sandwich thing, man. I'm caught up on this yeah, cold I mean, sandwich th- thing because dude, just go to the damn grocery store and buy bread, ham, cheese, lettuce, peanut butter. Jelly, put it in the damn fridge. You can freeze bread, people. I don't know if you're aware of this, but you never should leave your your bread out. Just freeze the damn bread. It doesn't go bad, and it tastes the same when it thaws. This blows my mind. I don't know. Sorry. I feel like I should not be allowed to read it at Jimmy John's again with this rant. No, I used to not like Jimmy John's for a long time, but I actually came around to it because... If you'd like to continue listening to this conversation, you'll need to subscribe at riseproductive.com membership or on your favorite podcast app. Once you do, you'll get full length access to these episodes of the Rise Productive podcast, as well as access to our subscriber only podcast and newsletter, The Weekly Pour Over.